Pressure is either going to burst pipes or create diamonds. And there are a couple third-year quarterbacks that are entering make-or-break seasons. Who will make our list? We'll discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout with the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And you guys already know what time it is. The champ is here. As always, my guy, Keith Sanchez, Mr. LSU himself. You can find him on Twitter at The Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with The Draft Network. Man, and like DP says, what 2019 national champ those LSU Tigers, man. But guess what, man? You know why we're here, right? Myself, Damian Parsons, every single day, man. That's to bring you championship-level content, right? Because when we're talking about championships, we don't stop, right? You got to grind through the offseason, right? This is where champions are born, man. And we're bringing championship-level content to you throughout the month of June and July and those dog days of summer. But, DP, man, before we get this thing started, DP, before we get it started, man, with these third-year makeup break season. I like the headline. I like that title, DP. Make or break season quarterbacks, these third-year quarterbacks. Let's kick it off with our title sponsor first, and then we're going to talk some Justin Fields conversations. Yes, sir. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL, and when you enter the promo code locked on NFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Justin Fields, must perform in 2023. That's it, guys. That's the tagline. I want you to hold on to that because it's the truth. I, Keith, you know I'm a big fan of Justin Fields. I think we both are in terms of his, his skill set, his game. We know how dynamic he is, the dominant run style that he displayed over his first two years in the league. And we know the Chicago, because they stuck with Matt Nagy and whoever the, I can't remember the GM name, you know, his first year, they didn't do a lot to help him, right? They weren't like, supposedly cap hell and all that type of stuff. Well, now, you know, they went through last year trying to get some stuff regulated, but now they made making the move, trading back from number one overall, right? Getting another first-round pick for next year on, on top of their own, but then getting DJ Moore, right? And, and you know how I felt. I didn't feel like they needed to address offensive tackle as high as they did because I, I like what I saw from Braxton Jones, and I like what I saw from Larry Bourne. The mm-hmm. team was like, well, we don't. Because we're going to go ahead and get Darnell Wright to play that right tackle spot opposite of Braxton Jones. So they improved the offensive line, right? They went and got, they, they, they traded in that trade for with Carolina. They got DJ Moore, got him a certified number one wide receiver to go with Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney, right? And, and they, they drafted Roshan Johnson to, to fill out that and sign Deonta Foreman to fill out that running, that, that running back room, as well as Tyler Scott. So, he has a, a bevy of weapons now that mesh well together that can really complement his skill set. He's got speed with um, technically all those guys. 
Uh, yeah. Darnell Mooney's fast, Tyler Scott's fast. You know, then you got your two big dudes and DJ Moore who can stretch the field, and Chase Claypool can stretch the field vertically because he's what six four, and I think he ran like a four four in the four. He's got that straight line speed as well. Now it's all about Justin Fields just putting. I'm not saying that he has to go out there dominate all the competition and, and, and look like Patrick Mahomes. No. Just get better and take that next step as a passer. Because, Keith, guys, I want you to understand something. Two first-round picks, and you come into a draft that's going to have Caleb uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, right, uh, K.J. Jefferson, Spencer Rattler, Michael Penix. It's going to be a ton of quarterbacks. So Justin Fields must perform at a high enough level to keep those young rookies at bay and, for one, keep their, dra- their original draft pick out of the realm of them even being up there in the top 10 to where they can select one of those top ta- those top tier type of talent to pass uh, passers in the next draft. Yeah. So I guess the question is, what does it look like for Justin Fields? What, what is everybody going to be comfortable with? Right. When you, when you, at the end of the season, is it passing touchdowns? Is it yards? Is it winning? Is it completion percentage? Right. Like, it's like, and then we know that, you know, rushing yards and people call him a running back at the quarterback position, things like that. Like what, what statistical threshold are you looking for? You know, like just what are you looking for period? Because I I, I want to talk about this because the expectation is for Justin Fields to have a huge leap. And part of that is due to what Jalen Hurts was able to do, right? Like that, mm-hmm. you know, he was able to take that huge leap, leap going into his, third year right like that was yeah that was Jalen Hurts third year so I want to ask you this DP we know that Jalen Hurts was surrounded with a good football team right and not defensively we're talking strictly offensive side of the football right O-line you know running back was sufficient wide receivers tight end etc but my question is this is it is it now looking at the Chicago Bears roster, because last year we were saying it wasn't fair right because this team was so depleted is it fair now to put him in a kind of put up or shut up type situation looking at this roster. 100%. It's make a break for him. Even, and, and, even and, with the offensive line? Because I, I, you know how I feel about the O-line. You know I, 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 I yeah. think that's very important. But I'm just asking. like, you, If yeah. it's fair, if you still feel like it's fair, then, then say that. But I wanted to ask, like, account for that too. Yeah. No, I, I think it is still fair because, I like, of course, everything, you know, we got to see what these guys look like in camp. But they, I think they signed Nate Davis to play right guard. Darnell Wright is going to play right tackle. Braxton Jones, I think the offensive line is is much is, is talent-wise is much better than it was last year, right? Okay. So if they could just give him the, the protection, because the big thing with him, Keith, protecting the football, you got to improve that completion percentage. Only 60% of his passes completed last year. His last game of the season, seven, like 21 attempts, only seven completions versus a terrible Detroit Lions defense, right? So he had 33% completion in that game. Three points. He didn't even crack 80 yards passing. So you 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 want to see consistency as a thrower. PFF, which of course we know PFF isn't everything, but just kind of give some context. PFF has this 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 uh stat called turnover worthy plays. Then they have big time throws. Well, Justin Fields' turnover-worthy plays were more than his big-time throws. He had 21 turnover-worthy plays to only 13 big-time throws. So you want to flip that number, decrease the turnover-worthy plays, and your big-time throws increase uh, dramatically. But I'll I'll give you you some more numbers. Like, of course, adding DJ Moore and and, and other weapons that they've added. Eight last year, deep, deep passing. Passing yards, you know, passing, uh, attacking 20 plus yards down the field, 35% completion. 
He had he he threw 50 uh, 51 attempts to only 18 completions, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. And it's like you just got to just find the ways to just knock off the negative plays, right? And, and, and all of that. Now the offense got to do their job too as a play caller. Give them those easy looks and and those quick hitters and stuff like that. Get the ball, DJ. I'm telling you, I've seen DJ more in person. This is a big dude. He's strong. He's physical. Run after the catch. All, he's a quick hitting option. A guy you want to throw quick screens to, drag routes, slants, different things like that where he can handle the physicality. And I think that's what a big part. And I'm gonna say this too to, to finish my point. There's one more guy that needs to step up in this offense. Cole commit. It's time. It's time, big fella. It's, Cole, it's time. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And, and the question is, is Cole sitting there like, y'all only had a quarterback to throw me the football? Like, or or because I mean, where, where are we? And that's that's why I asked you the Chicago yeah. Bears, because I think if 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 GM Ryan Poles was able to overhaul this roster to the point now to where it's a it's a good football team, right? And and we talked about like shifting expectations and everything is on Justin Fields' shoulder, then you got to give compliments to GM Ryan Post to like flip this thing in one year to, to, to from like all time bad to man, this is a really good offensive, you know, football team. When we know that they've spent defensive like last year's draft, right? We were like, man, why do they keep putting defensive pieces? You know, when they drafted Jaquan Brisker, um, they drafted what cornerback was it, Kyler Gordon? I can't remember yeah, what cornerback. Kyler Gordon, yep. Kyler Gordon, and you know, they drafted Dominique Robinson, I think. So they kept going on the defensive side of the football with DP. I think this Justin Fields conversation is going to obviously going to continue to be interesting, right? And we'll get reports from you know, many camps, you know, training camp and things like that. So this is him, him and DJ Moore hitting it off early in OTAs. Is him and DJ yeah. Moore already hitting it off? So we'll see. I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I man. think we all hope so. Yeah. <laughs> but now, nah, man, look, we got to keep going with these make or break quarterbacks, right? And next up, man, from that 2021 draft class is Mac Jones, right? We're talking about the New England Patriots. And we've had conversations about Mac Jones and his support system and Bill Belichick and the offensive coordinator that's not an offensive coordinator. So coming up next, man, we're going to make a decision. And it's a make or break season. For Mac Jones. Guys, trying to find shorts and or pants that are flexible, versatile, comfortable, and fit well is not easy. I can speak from personal experience. But let me also also introduce you to bird dogs because I love them. They make you look good. They have khaki shorts that are stretchable due to the fabric. They fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, give you a truly sculpted look that you desire, especially from bros that hit the gym, or hit leg day in the gym. But not only that, their shorts uh, fit better than regular shorts. They're not stiff and have that restricting cotton that a lot of the other shorts have. And they use a clout knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches way slimmer to give you that way slimmer fit. And you don't have to sacrifice movement at all, guys. And they use an anti-sweat and stink wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Let me help you out. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL and enter our promo code LockedOnNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddog.com slash LockedOnNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You will not want to take off your bird dogs, we promise you. Mac Jones, Keith. It's playoff a bus. That's my that's my thing. It, it's it's show up a ship out, baby. It's playoff a bus for him, because again, just like we talked about with Justin Fields, bro, y'all were picking like top fifteen this year. Now Bill Belichick did his normal thing of trading back because there was no quarterbacks within range. And not no, for one thing I know, Bill Belichick wasn't drafting Will Levis. Like he's not drafting the bad decision maker with the football. Right. Like nah, okay. Bill, at so- this stage of his career, he's not doing it. 
But Mac Jones, that pressure's on right now. Yeah, the pressure's on, but we we I, I want to have a conversation, right? Let's talk about it because we we've talked about Justin Fields and the grace that he got, right? Because the support system around him wasn't that good. You know what I'm saying? Like with Mac Jones, how do you view that that wide receiver core that they have now? Meh. <laughs> the wide receiver core is meh, right? Like it's, it's okay. And then last year he had what Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, which I couldn't think of two. And I, I don't even want to put it like that. Yeah, yeah. It that was a bad situation. Like two coaches that didn't necessarily thrive in a situation. A that defensive coach and a special teams coach, Keith. And, and then we're going to say coach offense. Like, I no, and, and you know what that was? That was the old moniker of if you can coach, you know, if you can coach once, if you can coach, you can coach, right? If you can coach one right. side of the football, you can coach the other side. No, you can't. No, you can't. I'm setting the meeting rooms. It's too different, right? You can't ask the defensive coordinator to do what the offensive coordinator does. He knows some of that side of the football, right? Obviously, yeah. alignments and things like that, but he can't. No, it's not the same thing. And stop thinking it, right? Like, it don't, it don't work like that. So, he had a – Mac Jones had a bad situation. So, I'm asking going into this year, now they have Bill O'Brien, right, a proven offensive mind that works in the NFL. I feel good about that, Right. Now we talk about let's talk about this offensive skill group, right? We talk about adding Juju Smith Schuster, Taquan Thornton. Um, who, who else did they they have? The tight end Hunter Henry, right? They have running back Mike Gusecki now. Mike Mike Gusecki. They have Ramondre Stevenson. So I guess the threshold of playoff or bust, right? Show up or ship out. Is he? Is this team playoff worthy, or is that your issue? With Mac Jones, because I'm I'm trying to like I'm stuck in the middle, right? Because I think Mac, I think Mac is an okay quarterback. I don't think yeah, he's no, bad, right? And I don't think he's Hall of Fame worthy either. I think he can be good in a good situation, but I, my question is: Is this a good situation? And then the question is: Does he fit for the New England Patriots, who seemingly want to keep the same mindset of we're going to put average pieces around our quarterback? and then ask him to elevate the rest of the offense, which I don't know if Mac is doing that. No, the, the situation is is not ideal, right? Like, he doesn't have that just go-to guy and, you know, relying on Devonta Parker at 38 years old and, you know, all the type of stuff that, that's been going on there. And that, that's, part of, that's part of my problem. Like, it, it is not – and I want people to understand, I want the family to understand, it's, I'm not putting it all on Mac. I just uh-huh. – when I look at Bill Belichick, <laughs> I'm going to say it, whatever. Bill Belichick comes off as a narcissist to me. Like, I, I, he just does. So it's like, we, you know what I'm saying? Those type of people, like, when the relationship is like, instead of saying it's, you know, it's not you, it's me. Bill Belichick's looking at Mac Jones. It ain't me, Mac. Right, I'm not the right, problem. Right, right, and it's right, like right. the fact what? that I feel like Bill's like that. Mac's not, he hasn't given Mac the weapons in, going into his third year, and he's had the opportunity. Plus, I think the 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 competition that is quiet about the whole who the chicken or the egg? Was it Bill Belichick? Was it Tom Brady? Well, Tom Brady's first year away from that man, he won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? And he he took that that same team back to the playoffs again before retiring. And I feel like Bill wants to get back to that. He wants to get back to that. And I think Mac is just going to take majority of that blame, especially after what they the the rumors were that he reached out to Alabama coaches to figure out how to deal with Bill in that situation. And you know, Bill's a keep everything close to the vest mm-hmm. type of guy. So yep. I think that's that's where that's more so where I feel like he's going to have to play out of his mind. He's going to have to play very well to be able to keep 
that pressure off his back. Because you even had fans last year. Keep remember when Bailey Zappi played like a game or two? They thought Bailey Zappi was the next coming to Tom yeah, Brady. But, and, but that's the problem too, right? And, and and so for those who don't know, you know, obviously at the Draft Network, we do our live shows, right? That's on YouTube, our live shows. They're still up there yeah. um, from draft. And I remember when Bailey Zappi was drafted. And I was like, this makes no sense. And the reason I thought it made no sense was because Bailey Zappi was good enough that if Mac Jones got hurt, to create a conversation, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. should we bench? And the, the it, it happened, right? It, it, the exact thing happened. Like, he wasn't so bad to where it was like, there's no way that, you know, he's going to present something, right? He was good enough to where he can just create a conversation and make some headlines out of it. And then now you have a distraction. That I think that's the perfect way to put it. Bailey Zappi is a good enough quarterback to create a distraction on Monday morning after the game, right? That, 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 that's what he was good enough to do. Now, there's one piece you got into a DP, and you said the because you you actually kind of took my like I was literally going to use that um, that phrase. Um, it's not you, it's me, right? Like right. that's what Bill Belichick needs to tell Mac, and he needs to mean it because it's 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 not Mac Jones, it's it's kind of Bill, right? Like like look, this is just what I know, right? Like I I I spend my resources on the defense side of the football. I give my quarterback average wide receivers. I invest a little bit into the tight ends. We run the football and we win the game. So I think so when we talk about Mac Jones show up or ship out, right? I think that they both need to have a conversation. And that's Robert Kraft, that's Bill Belichick, that's Mac Jones. So the three of them need to be like, look, you're not a bad quarterback, but for what we want, you know what I'm saying? We need to move on. And I think Mac Jones would be in total agreement to part ways. The thing that I think should have happened don't know why and I'm, I'm i'm not sure maybe you know that's obviously the in in the building type situations is he should have went to las vegas right and, and if if josh mcdaniels was willing to give anything over a third round pick the patriots should have looked at possibly shipping them there and, and the reason is is that if y'all gonna continue to give him average pieces and then not, you know, not surround him with the things that he needs. Then it's like, what are we doing, right? And y'all kind of going to be stuck because the Patriots are not a bad football team, DP. Like I remember, you know, last year, right, we did our scouting stuff. Like, oh, the Patriots going to fall off. It's like, no, they're the same football team. They're going to run the football, right? They're going to do play action. They're going to play good defense. Yeah, they're going to be physical, and they're going to make you make a mistake, and they're probably going to win somewhere between eight and ten games, right? Like, it's the same team, and you can probably press repeat for this year. They're going to win somewhere between seven and ten games because they're going to stick to that formula. But we'll see, DP. So I'm with you that I would say the Patriots and Mac Jones. This is a a playoff or bust situation. We have to make key decisions whether or not to to just basically move the hell on. But, DP, man, we kind of got into yesterday's episode, right? And we had to kind of cut it off because we could have went. This may need his own episode. (laughs) Trey Lance, man. Trey Lance with the 49ers. Is this a a bust or make make a break, right? Like bust, move him out, ship him out, right? Like situation for Trey Lance. So coming up next, we're going to get into Trey Lance and and what the 49ers should do and hit the perspective from his career, right? Like like what what needs to happen with Trey Lance? Trey Lance, man, you you, you if, if anybody like we could have opened the show with him instead of Justin Fields, but Justin Fields absolutely deserved that that top spot. Trey Lance is definitely in the situation where it's like it's just make make a break because. When a team trades three first round picks for you, you like, and I know like he's dealt with the injuries, stuff like that, the arm fatigue, all that type of stuff. But man, if this doesn't work out, and and the reason why for me is make a break, you're healthy now. You've you've revamped your throwing motion. 
All it, it, George Kittle was, uh, you know, met with the media. I think yesterday after after the uh, mini camp practice, he said, yeah. "Man, I'll Slow be honest down, with man. you, he looks much better than he did last. year. He looks way better than he did last year, right? He looks more in con- more comfortable, more control, and those are things you want to hear, right? Because it's not just he's physically gifted. If you tell me, hey, Trey Lance, Sam Donald, and, and uh, uh, Brock Purdy, in terms of just physical talent." Oh, there's no chance that either those guys are getting knocked off the pendulum. It's Trey Lance, but it's the mental game of, for him, and it's all about getting those reps, right? So he's got to come into camp even when uh, Brock Purdy returns. Because they think they're saying, like, Kyle Shanahan said he's throwing three times a week right now. Well, he turn, he returns to camp, and he's given a more healthier uh, uh, leash to be able to throw the ball and, yeah. and participate in, in practice. Trey Lance has to go out there with a stoic mindset, Man, I'm not phased. I'm gonna show y'all why y'all need you. You're gonna see this deep ball ain't the same. You're gonna see that that zip, the th- tight window pass. Oh, it's no contest, right? He's got to go out there and show that and hit those those easy routes that Kasha, I'm telling you, Kasha Head loves that stuff. Yeah, just hit the route I designed. All right, cool. That doesn't win Super Bowls, Kyle. Being able to make plays outside the structure, dude. You know what I mean? So it's like hit that first so then you can get the leeway with him and get, get in his good graces to win the season. If it's not there, you can show him, hey, man, if option one or two ain't there, I can get you 10 to 15 with ease. So he's got to go out there and win this in camp, Keith. It, it, no, no, not lose it by injury. You can't lose this while healthy. Yeah, so I, of the three quarterbacks, right, Justin Fields, Mag Jones, Trey Lance, the three guys we talked about, I would say Trey probably has the most pressure to get like do something, right? Like you have to do yeah. something because you've done nothing. Like at the end of the day, there's not you don't, there's, there's limited amount of games, right? There's limited amount of snaps. You don't know what type. Like I feel like when we talk about Mac Jones, we know what type of quarterback he is, right? Justin Fields, we've seen what he is and know what he can be. Trey Lance, we have no idea. You know, we, yeah. that, like that's. That's just the kind of, you know, it's the curveball, right? Like, it's the unknown part, and it's because he hasn't played. Like you said, there's been injuries. It's been another situation. Now, let me tell you the other reason why he has the most pressure on him. Because, and as we talked about yesterday, Kyle Shanahan has won with C.J. Beathard. He's won with Brock Purdy. He's won with, Jimmy you Garoppolo. name it. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, right, to the Super Bowl. So, Trey Lance, like, like you should at least be better than those guys, right? Like, if they if they can run this offense at a functioning standpoint and, and Brock Purdy, the, the mystery relevant, can take this team to the playoffs and the, the NFC Championship, Trey, you should be able to do the same, right? Like, like let alone just with your legs, period. You know what I'm saying? Because I've right. watched Brock Purdy and I've evaluated him, right? He, the, the thing was was that he understood the game. He just didn't have a strong arm. Trey, you have a strong arm. Kyle Shanahan has proven that he can dial up some plays for you. So I just think that's why the pressure, and it may not all be shifted, right? I'm just saying public perception will be that, hey, Kyle Shanahan has one with everybody else. What's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's going to be the conversation around. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that it's wrong, right? right? But that will be the conversation. That's why I feel like Trey has the most pressure on him. So if you talk about make or break season, this is definitely like you cannot roll into year four with Trey Lance on your roster and he's now relegated to being your backup. I would even say this, DP, that Mac Jones is going to play this year in New England. Justin Fields is going to play this year in Chicago. If Trey doesn't win this starting job, there's no guarantee that he's going to play like like that he's going to be in San Francisco 
this no. year because why not trade them right like if you if you're one of these teams that needs a quarterback that's just simply taking a flyer on a guy why not trade for him right like in in, in possibly yeah. get a, a set a, a third round pick or something like that for him try to figure it out you still have i think one more year before you have to decide to extend them or not so you can get two years of a cheap quarterback and a young guy see if you can develop him so it'll be rather interesting because he's the one guy who his clock could potentially not even make it to september on his football team Keith, and I love that point because I have a team that, you know, technically I have two, but I know one for one, he's not going to the first team I thought about because it's in division. That's the Seattle Seahawks. I would love to, for Pete Carroll to get his hands on the Trey Lance and let him, and it, because of the fact that we know that they, they front loaded Geno Smith's mm-hmm. contract for a reason, right? So if he, Geno Smith doesn't play at the level he played at last year, well, they can go ahead and move on to somebody else after year what after year one and, and probably eat a little bit of money in year two. But the one team that comes to mind that I absolutely would love to see him go to the Minnesota Vikings. I, was just, I, was just I need it like I need air to breathe, Keith. I need Trey Lance in a Minnesota Vikings purple in that dome. Justin Jefferson. Uh, it's, it's not going to be Dalvin Cook no more because they're going to get rid of him. But TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, and uh, Alexander Madison, the offensive line, he can make the plays that Kirk Cousins can't make if his interior offensive lineman get beat. Trey Lance can extend plays with his legs. And Kevin O'Connell, I'm telling, I'm stamping it now. We'll, we'll, after, after this season, people will really will, will recognize him as one of the best offensive minds in, in, in NFL football. Like his, his play calling, schemes, like he is fantastic. And he's a great coach, as we saw last year with them winning like 11 games and one, 11 one-score games. So I agree with you, Keith. He has to he he has to perform in camp. If he loses this job, and I'll say this, if it's a fair shake, Keith, if it's a fair shake, right? If it's not some p- political, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but the, it, it, it won't be. But let me, let me tell you the problem. Last year, if Brock Purdy and Trey Lance was close, it was gonna be Trey Lance, right? Because yeah, 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 because of the politics, right? But on the other side of it, because this was the 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 number three overall pick, and that's Mister Irrelevant. Now Brock Purdy has all these names, and he has the hype, and he has everything else that it's a little bit leaning towards Brock Purdy now. So he no, has to, go, yeah, he has to go out there, and Trey has to go win the job, right? Like I don't think it's going to be handed to him, but yeah, he should have all of the tools. Kyle Shanahan should be able to put him in position. And some of this is on Kyle Shanahan, put him in position to make plays with his legs because that's the reason why you wanted him, right? Like everyone thought when you got this guy that it was like, oh man, this is going to be Colin Kaepernick again when Colin Kaepernick was able to step in for this San Francisco team. RG3. Yeah, years ago, you know, when they were still making NFC championship runs under Harbaugh. So, man, I I think that the Trey Lance conversation is definitely going to be fun, man. Uh, Like I said, we're going to continue to revisit these conversations because this is what's going to drive the draft conversation also. That's why we say the draft don't stop. The draft don't stop, right? Because Trey Lance going to get traded to a team, and then we're going to ask, okay, now what does that team have to do? So, man, the draft don't stop, so we definitely – Draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, the point blank period, right? Just draft Marvin, Marvin draft Harrison, Harrison Jr. I'm with it, man. fix all your problems. I'm with it, man. I'm with it, man. But, DP, appreciate the conversation, baby.
No, oh man, listen, man. At the end of the day, bro, it's gonna be a lot of fun heading into to training camp and everything. Guys, football is it's almost back. It's almost back. We're gonna keep you, we're gonna we gonna hold you down until we get there. But we know what we always tell y'all we appreciate y'all. Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. Thank y'all so much, as always, for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day, Monday through Friday. You're not only our family, but you're our every single dayers. Uh, and so continue to tap in with us. Uh, join us again tomorrow. Come and, come and holler at us tomorrow. We'll have more topics. We got some stuff to talk about and kind of flush out and, and, and get through some, some topics that give you some good content. But in terms of Twitter, you can find and follow Keith Sanchez at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.